Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to this very special episode of the Young Contemptibles podcast. Today, Pete and I are in the esteemed company of Reg Charles, a veteran of World War II who saw action in the Normandy campaign, liberation of Holland and Battle of the Bulge, to name a few, while serving with the 1st Battalion, Oxfordshire and Buckinghamshire Light Infantry. Reg was born in February 1923 and joined the army in 1942, joining the 5th Battalion, the Ox and Bucks Light Infantry, before being posted to the 1st Battalion in 1944. So Reg, tell us about what life was like growing up in the 1920s and 30s before war broke out. It was very different to what it is today. I can imagine. We we, we didn't... Well... uh, Radio sets were just coming in, but only just. Yeah. I I, I can well recall the, the days of the old crystal set, and um, a pair of headphones. Yeah. I I I, I remember uh, my father. We, we were sitting in the uh, room together, and he put the headphones in a bowl on the floor. And that acted as a as a lead speaker, <laughs> and uh, we were all absolutely amazed to to hear this voice. It came from Two Allo, which was London. Yeah. And uh, uh, from uh, from there, uh, I I got quite interested in radio. Did you? And uh, I I built several crystal sets to begin with, and then. Um, I, uh, I I made a, I think it started with a, with a, a one valve, radio set. Yeah. You listen to it on headphones, of course. The eight wasn't sufficient for late speakers, and I increased that from one to two valve, and I gradually got got up 
and, and, and finished eventually with, with a five-valve set. And, and that had a, a plug-in coils and a loudspeaker, which was pretty marvellous. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I used to be a member of what they called the British Long Distance Listers Radio Club. And uh, during, during the nights, uh, my parents didn't know. They, they, they didn't know what I was doing during the night. Well, I, I was invariably listening to uh, radio stations from uh, various places all over the world. Mm. And uh, if, if I uh, were really interested in them, I, w I would write to the uh, broadcasting station, probably in, in America or Australia or more local in Germany, anywhere on the continent. And uh, I would ask them uh, for what they call a verification card. And the verification cards used to come to me and they would verify that the, the report I'd given them was, was from their radio station. And I, I find that quite interesting. Mm. Um, the, the first I ever saw of, uh, of a television was what they called a televisor. Uh, and that was a, a rotating disc. You had a, a, a little tiny magnifying glass which uh, was fitted to the, to the apparatus and the, the disc, when it got to uh, the, the, the correct speed, you, you, you get a, a, a little picture of uh, something happening invariably because it, it would be from the studios in London but that was quite interesting and uh, I, I never had one of those myself but uh, I, I knew of someone who, who did build one and I used to go and, and watch it with, with him yeah. so that, that, was, that was my first introduction to television which was right about 1930 I was only a mere kid in those oh, days, yeah, yeah. Still, still at school. Yeah. So where did you go to school? Rich? I went to school in the village school. Uh, I, 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 then I was living in Cropperdy, yeah. and I went to the village school, which which served two villages. It served Great Bolton and Cropperdy Village, and the school is situated uh, virtually midway between the two villages. Mm -hmm. uh, Quite a small school. The the, the headmaster and his wife. That uh, they lived in a house which was uh, built on the side of the school, and uh, he, they, they 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 were very good in those days. We didn't we 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 didn't have anything, uh, you know, in the in the way of. Uh, well, in the way of biro pens or anything, that was introduced during the war. Uh, all, all we had was uh, uh, the old uh, steel nibs, mm -hmm. and uh, 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 we had uh, uh, wing ink, which was uh, uh, we used to make the ink ourselves, and uh, invariably you 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 would get a, a big blodge of, of the. Uh, 
a mixture which hadn't uh, really mixed properly. But um, they, uh, they were quite enjoyable days. Mm. Uh, we, we, we had what they called the um, a school certificate in those days, and you, you, you had uh, an examination at, uh, at 11. If you were brainy enough, you, you were sent to, uh, and it was the, the county, before it was even called the grammar school, it was the county school. Now, that was in Bambury, mm -hmm. which was about four and a half miles away. Uh, my sister was a little bit older than me and a bit more brainy. Uh, she she managed to get an entrance exam, but I didn't. Right. And so uh, at 12 years of age, uh, my father, he, he looked into the, the costs. I think it was four guineas, 4.4 shillings to go to the uh, uh, county school, but there was a, a private school in the town in Bunbury, more of a commercial school, and that was two guineas a term. And so, of course, he chose the two guinea one. <laughs> and and I, I'm not sure, but I believe he used to pay for that by instalments. Right. <laughs> but money was so tight yeah, in those days. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I went there for three years, <laughs> a lot of the time, we we didn't really do any what you call academic work, but uh, I, I had quite a good commercial training, and uh, I left I left school at fifteen, um, and that that was at Christmas at fifteen. Well, uh, I had. A knock at our front door. I went to the door. There was a gentleman standing there. I noticed that he was wearing a little round badge, which was a, a rotary badge. And I didn't know at the time what rotary meant. But he, he was the local. Or he had a coal merchant's business in Banbury, and he wanted, wanted someone to to work in his in his office and he, he'd heard that I just left school and he came out he came to see me rather than me to go to see oh, him wow. for an interview and asked me if I would work for him I think at the time I told him I, 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 I would come and try but uh, if I found anything more interesting I wouldn't stay well uh, of course I, I, I went there and started in, in his office. Found it quite interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he, he was one of the uh, chairman of, of one of the committees in Rotary. He was getting Rotary people coming into the office all the time. And I, I was gradually meet, meeting uh, Rotarians who lived in Banbury. Yeah. And uh, so that got me interested in, in, in the movement more than anything. Um, <coughs> and um, I, uh, the, the war started in 1939, September 39. I started working in January 1939. Yeah. 
and uh, and then when 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 the war started, uh, I, I I was a, a little bit of a carpenter. I, I used to enjoy carpentry, mm -hmm. and uh, the the first thing I I had to do was make some blackout covers to go out over the windows of the office. I I I managed to make those and fit those. I was I got I was interested in electrical work. I had an electrician living next door to me, and in nineteen going back again now going back to to nineteen thirty four thirty five, electricity came into the village of property, um, and uh, I, I I I went round with him, wiring houses. And we even wore the uh, the village church, which uh, w was a hard work because you see we hadn't any no electric drills or anything like that. It it was all all hammer and chisel work going going through the walls, and it was quite a difficult job. But uh, ne never mind. It got me interested in electricity, and uh, uh, the uh, the office I went to do. I got gaslighting. Oh, I think one of the first things I did was to rip the gaslighting out and put in put in electricity. And after a little while, fluorescent bulbs came in, fluorescent lights, and I installed fluorescent lights, and and, and, and gradually modernised the whole setup. It, it it was a, a a little bit like a Charles Dickens setup when I went in, <laughs> but uh, I I changed it over over the years. So you you modernised property. Yes, yeah yes I I got known in the village because going around, you know, putting in electric lights and things. And I also found out I was interested in radios and the I I I, I used to repair the old radio. In those days, by the way, they, they were all battery-driven. Mm -hmm. you, you had a, a, a dry battery and a wet battery. The, the wet battery was called an accumulator, which you could have charged every every so often. Um, it, it, it was quite interesting. Mm -hmm. I, and uh, if I couldn't manage to repair the set, I would probably take it away and gradually work on it at home and eventually get it get it going yeah. again. Right, well, where do we go from there? So, we, got, we, we got to 1939. Yeah. So you're now working yeah, for the coal uh, merchants yeah. now, aren't you? Yeah, well, yeah. I'll say the war started and... Uh, and of course, I I hadn't really got any alternative then, mm. ju just to stay in the same employment. Yeah, um, I found it quite interesting. I, I was de I was de dealing with uh, customers that came into the office to to order their their coal, and um, we, we uh, the office and you know, the storage yard was alongside the canal and we used to get quite a lot of coal coming by by barge until Jerry decided to 
uh, bombed the, the lock. Yeah, lock 29. Yeah. We never thought that would happen. I remember all, all the barges loaded with coal were, of course, were all, all the wrong side. Yeah. And, uh, so that, that wasn't such a, a successful thing. So was you at work that day when the locks got hit? Oh, yes. You was? Oh, yes. Yeah, they bombed the gas works as well. They did, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes, and, uh, and they, uh, they, they went up the uh, marketplace uh, with, with, with a machine gun. Mm-hmm. I don't think it did any... Damage. Any damage. Yeah. Uh, there, there, there were one or two lives lost at the gas work. That was, yeah. That was about all, I think. But, um, but that, uh, that was our first, really, experience of war. And um, in 1941, they decided to uh, uh, start um, a, a, a local fire brigade. We only had the four brigade in Banbury, mm-hmm. and uh, they, they started one in um, in Cropley Village, and uh, I, I decided to become a foreman. Oh. <laughs> I don't think we ever we didn't attend many fires. Chiefly, the fires we attended were, were rick fires in the in the local farms. Yeah, but. Um, the, the the training was quite interesting. Um, I, I I had my first experience of a fire escape in Coventry. That was after the Blitz. Mm-hmm. We went down to Coventry from uh, from the Bunbury Brigade uh, for extra training, uh, and they, they they just received uh, one of these big fire brigade. Uh, and the uh, escalators, and uh, I, I, I went up on that. It, that was quite a frightening experience mm. because you see, in the only way I've been used to going up ladders against buildings, but, but this this was out in the fresh air. Going <laughs> <laughs> straight yeah. up. Oh yeah, straight up. Yeah, about <laughs> about sixty feet, uh, and uh, as you're go- going up. You you can watch the the, the water come up the hose following you, so you have to get a, mo- a move on to get it to the top quick, <laughs> and get a nozzle in before the water got there. Yeah. Yeah. So I I had a, a, about twelve months in the uh, only auxiliary for yeah, yeah. forest service, and uh, I, I had to register then because I was eighteen. Mm-hmm. I had to register uh, for uh, a service yep. of some sort, and I just I, I, I just left it to the powers that be, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it was probably November nineteen forty one. I I I received papers uh, to go to have a medical exam in Oxford. I went up to have this medical exam. A fellow went in front of me, and uh, he, he he was hobbling very badly. And as he went into me, he said, they won't pass me. He came out. I said, how did you get on? He says, they passed me as A1. 
They told me that where you're going, the grain isn't level. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, uh, I, I went in and and uh, and I got what they call blepharitis in my eyes. I still got the same trouble. Had it all my life. No. But all the same, I, I was a ward. Yeah. Yes. I came back, and. Uh, in, oh, I suppose it, it, it was de- December. I received the call-up papers. No, 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 no choice then to go to the Oxford and Box Light Infantry, to go to their uh, a training headquarters uh, in Cayley Barracks, Oxford, at the beginning of January. I think it was January the first, actually. Yeah. Well, uh, a bit uh, on, on the way. I, I had to go into Bunbury to get the train. Yep. I thought, I'd better have a haircut because they're bent toward the... I was expecting to have short hair. I, I, I went into the barber's shop in Bunbury, told him what was happening. I said, so give me a short hair. He gave me about the shortest haircut I'd ever had. Got to Oxford. Met, met at Oxford Station with a, uh, an army lorry. T- taken to Cody Barracks. Joined about 40 other new recruits. They had us on, on, on parade. The officer, it, it could have been my father-in-law, I don't really know, but I'll tell you that in a moment. But uh, he uh, he thumped me in the back. He says, did you feel that? I says, yes. He says, I think so too. I'm standing on your hair. He says, go and get it cut. Well, I didn't like to turn around and say I'd already had one haircut in the morning. So, Not on your first day, yeah, eh? Yeah, I, I, my first day in the army, I had two haircuts. Uh, yeah. Uh, now, going on to mention my, my father-in-law, um, he, he was uh, uh, in the uh, First World War, and uh, he went in in 1916 into the Battle of the Somme, and... He stayed in the army until 1922, coming out as the 2nd Lieutenant. Uh, as soon as the Second War started, he volunteered again. I don't know, I, I, I don't know whether, he, whether he wanted to get away, away from, from, from my mother-in-law and would have been, or his two daughters. Yeah. But, uh, he, he, he volunteered again. And he he was too old for actual uh, actual service, but they, they they put him in at the depot in Oxford, so it it, it could have been him who told me to get another haircut. I I I've no recollection of that, but uh, what war we were in Oxford, we 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 did the usual usual army training, lots of route marches, lots of rifle drill. Um, PT, things that I've I, I never done in my life. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, 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 was, I was there for the first three months in Cody Barracks, and then um, they, they, they found out that, that I could drive. Well, in those days, very few men were drivers. Surprising that there were very few drivers. And uh, I, I, I uh, was um, given the option of going to Slade Camp, which is just up the road from Kelly Barracks, 
on a, an MT course. I went on the MT course, had, I had three months there. Some of the time I was teaching other chaps to drive and, uh, and we were do, doing various work on, on engines and things like that. And I found that most interesting. And then uh, I, I was uh, posted over to Northern Ireland and I joined the 5th Battalion. Um, while, while I was there, I, I did a three-inch mortar course, which again was quite interesting. As long as you got your head out of the way, you were, you were all right. Otherwise, it would get blown off. <laughs> uh, and then after, after that, um, they, they, they again. They they found out I I knew a little bit about uh, mechanics, and I managed to get into the transport stores, and I stayed as a, a transport storeman, right right, right until I, I went into the first battalion. During the, uh, we we came back from Ireland in January nineteen forty three. Did you see much trouble while you was in Ireland? Uh, not, uh, not a lot. The only, the only thing that we, we did do uh, was all, always make sure that uh, uh, we put the rifles uh, on, underneath the pillow and the rifle sling arranged uh, wrist mm -hmm. and occasionally uh, they, they, were, they were breaking there were nest nuts break into the into the hut, and mm. if there were any rifles they could get hold of, they they, they would. But um, we we didn't see any real trouble, not at that time. No. We had to be very careful, mind you, because we, we, we you you couldn't go over the border or anything like that. Oh, or, no, yeah. But um, I, I quite enjoyed Ireland. It's a lovely country, and I I, I found I found the Irish folk quite nice. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about Irish folk, adjoining our camp, there was a field which the the officers thought it we ought to be able to turn it into a football pitch, and but it needed rolling, and. Me, I don't know there again why they asked me. They they asked me to to go to a farm which was adjoining us uh, to to borrow a, a, a horse, a horse drawn roller, to roll the pitch. Well, I, I went there on on a Sunday morning. The farmer said, "My boy," he says. You can have the roller by all means, but you're not going to have my horse. My 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 horse has to work six days a week, and he has Sunday off. So 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 the the the, the field didn't get rolled on. <laughs> I thought it was rather good. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yes, I rather I rather like that. Yes. Uh, yeah, well, we, I say we, we, we returned from uh, Ireland. We, we, we were in various places in England. 
I think our longest stay was at Great Missenden near Aylesbury. Right, yeah. And we were quite a long, a long stay there. And we uh, then we we went to the uh, Dover, Folkestone. How far corner they called out in 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 Dover? The, yeah. the Germans used to uh, they long range guns and they they they, they would sh shell Dover. And the uh, it was always seen to land in the marketplace in Dover, and always every every day they they would do that. We we were up on to, on top of the hill, so it it didn't affect us. We we were actually in in barracks there, Whitley Barracks, and we 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 had quite a quite an interesting time in in Dover and and in Folkestone. And uh, from Folkestone, I went to Ashford in Kent. And uh, while we were there, they decided to disband the 5th Battalion. And uh, I say, being a storm, I, 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 I was left behind to get get rid of, I wouldn't say rubbish, but all the, all the odds and ends bits and pieces of vehicles and uh, things like that. I, uh, I, I was driving a, a, a three-tonner up to um, a CO, the Central Ordnance Depot at Feltham. And we, uh, the vehicles that were left, we took those to Berlin Beaches. And then I, uh, I, I, I was sent to the, to the 4th Battalion, where I had a few days in the 4th Battalion up in Lincolnshire. Down to Aldershot for the you know holding unit there, and after about three weeks, I was posted to France, where I joined the first battalion, which were already in action. From France, we went the usual run yeah. into in, in, into Belgium, uh, into in, in Antwerp. Um, uh, from Antwerp, we uh, went to the Battle of the Bulge in the Ardennes. That was tough going there because it was all snow and, and ice and uh, it was really icy and really cold. But um, we survived and uh, we, we had about two or three weeks, I would think, in the Battle of the Bulge. From the Battle of the Bulge, we went into Holland, uh, and then uh, uh, to uh, the bo the borders of Germany, up to the Reuswald Forest. We, we, uh, we went into the Reuswald Forest beginning of February 1945. That was tough going. Montgomery thought it would be ideal he, 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 he knew the winters were pretty hard always on the continent, like like it had been back in uh, January in the hard end. But instead of that, it started raining at the beginning of February and we had about four days of just continuous rain. And it, in, instead of uh, going over frozen grain, we were up to our knees in, in mud. Mm -hmm. 
the course. That, 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 that hampered everything. Uh, vehicles couldn't get through to us. The, the, the only vehicle that could get through was what was called a, a weasel. Right. And uh, they, they came over from America. Mm. And they, it, it looked a little bit like a Brendan carrier, yeah. but uh, it wasn't armoured in any way. But uh, they, they, they brought ammunition and food, and food to us. And I say, without the weasel, I, I don't we we don't think we would have survived at all. And of course, after the Royswell Forest, we had the crossing of the River Rhine. We went over on a pontoon bridge, right. uh, in vehicles, and then gradually pushed our way through through Germany, finishing up in in, in Hamburg. I think it was about May the sixth or seventh, something like that, and that, and that was where the the war ended. Mm-hmm. Hamburg was declared an open city, which we were more than grateful of because it was a big, a very big city, and uh, uh, we we we'd all all, all been uh, told what areas we got to take, and instead of that, we we we, we just rode in. On uh, vehicles, yeah. and um, we we were in Hamburg for only about two or three weeks, then came back down into the Rhineland. Uh, we went into um, Leverkusen, where those two paintings were done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh. Uh, yeah, while we were in Leverkusen, we 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 came out of the fifty third Welsh Div, and went into the Seventh Armoured, right. And of course, that that, that meant change all the all the divisional signs, mm. and there there again, I I I was I was asked to get someone to do the painting, and uh, I I went to IG Farben Industries Works, and. Uh, Found someone who could speak good English, and eventually, that, 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 they uh, introduced me to a fellow there, who who was quite an artist, and uh, he he did all all the the vehicles, ch- changed them from the the the, the W, uh, divisional side, uh, to the Desert Rats. And uh, during that time, I say I, I, I had, he did two paintings for me as well. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think they cost about forty cigarettes each. <laughs> <laughs> you, tra- uh, cigarettes was the main thing for trading in those mm-hmm. days. Um, we, we, we were actually stationed. Um, after that, we we went um, uh, through. Uh, Hanover up to Berlin, and we were stationed at Spando. And while we were at Spando, uh, our fellows were guarding Hess, mm-hmm. who was in prison there. I, I, I never saw him. I was too busy looking after the transport stores. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to say from. Uh, I, I I had a, a leave in the January nine, uh, uh, 
46 and I never went back. Yeah. The, the, the boss of the firm that I worked for, he was in hospital. I went and took over charge of the business and uh, I eventually got class B release. Mm. I, I remember it, it got to the last stage of, of, of my leave of, of absence. I went to the, into the office in, in uniform, complete with a rifle, and wait. Uh, and during that morning on the phone, I, I, I was talking to, to the phones to some, someone saying, you did actually. <laughs> and, uh, uh, they, uh, the war office broke into the telephone somehow or other, and they said, this is the war office. And they wanted to speak to me, and they told me that they'd granted me class B release. Right. And so I just didn't go back right. to Berlin. I, 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 I would have liked to have gone back, really, but uh, there we are. I, I, I thought civilian life would be more important than army life. Yeah. So going back to when you first arrived in Normandy... So where was the battalion when you joined them? So when you joined the 43rd in Normandy, whereabouts were they when you met them? I midway mean, virtually between uh, Oramange mm -hmm. and Caen. Uh, 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 I, I joined them at a place called, a little village called Bougie. Right. But uh, they were called Dotted Arraine. In various mm. villages, mm. and um, we went from there to a place called uh, a Pier Feet, mm -hmm. which uh, was about uh, 12 14 miles from Falaise. Well, after the Battle of, of Fair, Pier Feet, uh, we, we had a, a visit from the band. The band came over. We we had a, a church parade, much, much to the enjoyment of the of the French folk there. Uh, and uh, we we had about almost been nine or ten days in Pierfeet, and the and the band went back to England again then, and uh, we we went in into the battle of uh, Falaise. Falaise and the, the uh, um, closing stages of Caen and through the Falaise Gap. The Falaise Gap was pretty awful. Um, I, 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 I remember there, there, there were lots of horse-drawn vehicles which the Germans had used and in a lot of cases uh, they, they, they tried to get through the same gateway together, and you and you, you would get a couple couple of horses, and and uh, they, they just died and were were blown up on on the on the spot, and uh, and it, it was the same really with with human beings. The 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 stench there was grim because it was still quite hot. Hot weather. Mm. It, it was it was it was quite quite hot in in France, and uh, it, uh, it it was it was pretty pretty awful. And, uh, but there, there, 
that, 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 that was it. Uh, they, they, I was surprised the way the Germans used horse-drawn vehicles. So when you sort of um, were in Normandy, when you first first landed there, what was what was your role in Normandy? What what did you do, and what was the sort of average day like for you while you were in Normandy? Well, uh, I was I, I was greeted by the adjutant of all people, who I already knew. He was all, 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 already a, a, an officer in the 5th Battalion when I was in the 5th, and I knew from those days. And he, he, he welcomed me, he says, we don't want transport men, we want rifle men. He says, go, go to air stores, Get 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 yourself uh, some grenades. I hadn't thrown a grenade in my life, <laughs> and uh, I had to go and get a, a, a bag of, of grenades and some more ammunition, and uh, I just joined folk who I didn't know. Mm. That, that, that was one of the awful part about it. Like, if we'd have gone into action in, as the 5th Battalion, we, we knew each other. Yeah. Well, a lot of us knew each other. Mm. But uh, I just went, went and oh, I was given the spade, which was the most important part of the equipment I had, I think, and uh, went, went, went and joined... Uh, 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 another fellow and uh, uh, dug a hole to try to get somewhere safe from uh, shell fire and uh, I, 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 I was just an ordinary infantry man mm. well uh, after, uh, after a few days I I I I managed to uh, write write a letter home, and and, and of course uh, that that they were all uh, looked up before they were left, and uh, the, the 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 officer who censored the letters, he called for me, and uh, I, I, I I went to see him. He says. What do you mean in your letter? You're a, 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 a rain person in a square hole. I said, well, I mean what I say. I said, here, here, here I am. I've been given grenades. I've had no practice with throwing grenades. I'm given a rifle. I'm no longer a rifleman. I haven't been for nearly two years. He said, well, what do you want to do? I thought, I thought if I could drive something, I would be glad. He said, have you ever driven a brain gun carrier? I said, no, but I'm willing to try. And uh, so the brain gun carrier driver had been taken sick. And, I was given the Brengun to drive, Brengun carrier rather. Well, uh, uh, driving a Brengun carrier, look, 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 looking through a, a little tiny 
uh, uh, slit, about six inches by probably an inch and a half, two inches in depth. It's not like driving any other vehicle, but um, uh, and and also in the in the French uh, lanes, it they filled up the complete width of the road. <laughs> well, uh, uh, after a short time, a, a Brendan carrier driver was posted to the unit, and I was taken off of the Brendan carrier, and. Uh, I was put on to driving a jeep. During the jeep driving, I chief, chiefly uh, uh, tra transporting uh, sick and wounded. Uh, we, uh, we, we, we had a, a structure put onto the jeeps so that you could carry two stretchers over on the top. You had one stretcher by the side of you. And so, so you could you could carry uh, three wounded chaps at the same time. Well, I I I I I did that for for some time, and then I was back on my feet again, and uh, I say I I went I went through the Falaise Gap, and we uh, we we marched. Partway into Belgium, and then we were taken by uh, uh, troop carrying vehicles, in right into Antwerp, and we 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 were done to, at the uh, docks in Antwerp, and I say, uh, after after that, I was back on my feet again. Um, we left. Uh, uh, the uh, area there in uh, what were there? Uh, 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 there are Sherman tanks with a turret taken aid mm. and they're put into troop carrying vehicles so that, so that we could go straight into into action and uh, they're, they're called kangaroos I don't know why they're well uh, the, the the weather was so bad that the kangaroos started getting into the ditches on on the, the roads. Uh, our truck vehicles weren't very good, and uh, they took us out of the kangaroos, and we had to wait for about four four hours for more troop carrying vehicles to come, and and, and they, they they took us into the Ardennes. And uh, we went into through Neymar, into into a place called Marsh, and we 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 were stationed there for about a fortnight. I was I was given a jeep again to drive there, and um, we 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 had a, a forward platoons, which uh, I I I had to go and uh, take food to. During the night time, I, 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 I would follow through some of the forest. Uh, they, they cleared a track of mines and put down a white tape to show you where to go. The white tape showed up ever so well against the snow. 
I used to pick up the white tape with one hand and steer the jeep with the other and, and, and take, take, the, the, take the food up to the forward platoon and then uh, any casualties, bring them back. This would probably be between 10 o'clock and midnight. And then, then, then again, about four or five o'clock in the morning, I would take more food for them and bring back any more casualties. And that, uh, uh, and that, that was virtually my, my day's work yeah. in, the, in the Ardennes. Uh, we, uh, I was with company headquarters uh, and we, we, we were uh, taking over a, 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 a little tiny waterworks. It was about 10 feet under the grains. It was fairly safe. And uh, we, we, we were there well, all the time that I was in, in the old end. And I say, uh, after that, it was back into Holland. Various battles in Holland. Mm-hmm. So Sogenbosch was quite a big one. And uh, the Roermond. And then up to uh, the Eight Skirts. We, 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 we had uh, se- several days in, in a big monastery. I think it was called Namor, I believe. But it was a big forestry, a big monastery, and the whole brigade were there together. And uh, there was must have been three or four thousand men, and we we waited for the uh, uh, signal to go to go into the Royceville Forest. We 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 knew when that was going to happen because they 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 started a a, 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 a gun barrage. At about half past four in the morning, and kept it up for about four and a half to five hours. By the time that had finished, we could hardly hear ourselves speak. And uh, uh, we, uh, we went <laughs> rather amusing. They, they trust the oxen and bucks, but we had a bugler, and, uh, 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 and he, he, he played Rivelli. As we went into the, the Royceville Forest, <laughs> uh, uh, there was a, a Highland arrangement with us. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they had their uh, um, uh, bagpipes, and there were some Welsh boys, and they sang. Yeah. And uh, I say they were, we, we were in the Royceville for two to three weeks, which was pretty pretty grim going because. Uh, the, the weather was so bad again. Mm. After that, it was eight in into Germany, across the River Rhine, and keep on going till we eventually landed in Hamburg. So the fifty third Welsh Division, you you lot took part in Operation Market Garden, didn't you? Yes. So what 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 was it like being part of such a big operation? Or well. The whole trouble was with with, with, with that, uh, we couldn't get to it. Mm. Uh, it, it uh, uh, as you know, it was an airborne operation, yeah, yeah. and uh, we we were supposed to join up with them, 
uh, but uh, the uh, German defenses were were too strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, 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 were, we were on the road going to Nijmegen and uh, I think we were probably eight or ten miles away and that was as near as what we got. And, 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 and of course, it, it, it was just a very unfortunate happening. Mm. We lost lots of, uh, of of men. They were they were they were shot at as as they were coming down in, in their parachutes. You yourself being involved in that operation, did you think I'm part of something really big here, or did you just think oh we we're, we're just moving? We, we didn't really know. Didn't know. No. I think that was I think that was one of the uh, the drawbacks. Mm. Uh, a lot of the time, like uh, right the way through, we 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 didn't we did we didn't know uh, whether we were going the right way or the wrong yeah. way. So is that a case of then, like after the war, when you say you was maybe reading reading a book or watching yeah. watching something on the telly, you went, would you like look at go? I was there actually. I remember yes. this. Oh yeah. Oh, yes. oh, Operation Market Garden. Is that yeah. what they called it? Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, 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 we didn't know it was going to be yeah. called Market Garden. Yeah. So what I mean is, like, with some of these uh, operations that you was involved in, obviously Market Garden being one of them, it's after the war that you found out the bigger picture of what was going on. Yeah. yeah. No, no, that that was what one of the the the, the drawbacks, I suppose, mm. to a certain extent. Yeah. We just took it for granted that the officers and NCOs who were in charge knew what they were doing. Yeah. I think in some cases they probably didn't. <laughs> <laughs> One question I really wanted to ask, and we've had a couple of people pretty much ask the same question as well, is what what is it like to be now, obviously a veteran of the Second World War, do you feel that people understand and value what you and your mates did? I think the actual younger generation do. I think the middle age don't really think much of it. In fact, in fact some of them don't, they don't even know there was a war. But uh, in the schools, uh, the, the children are, are beginning to have been taught something about the Second World War. And uh, there, there are several schools which I've asked to be uh, and have visited in Western Supermare, and they are really keen. It's, uh, which is good, because if they're keen, they'll probably pass it on to their parents and their parents who who are not so keen mm. might might want to learn more about it. Yeah. Uh, we, we 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 are we are respected, I think. Yeah. Uh, I I noticed uh, well uh, t- uh, two two years ago uh, at the at the wreath laying ceremony at the memorial in the uh, in the park in the town here. Well, when I walked up with my wreath, 
I suddenly collapsed. I didn't clap for anyone else, but they clapped for a Second World War veteran, yeah. which was very moving. Yeah. Whether they'll do the same again in a, oh, I think they in will. a fortnight's time, I don't know. Well, I think they will, won't they? <laughs> yeah. This would be a very different country if, if we hadn't won. Very scary to think what might and could well have been otherwise. Because the thing is, we were never invaded, which was a godsend. Yeah. That's why uh, we get such wonderful welcomes in, in Holland and Belgium and France. Yeah. Like, like they, 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 they still appreciate it and look upon us as the liberators. Did you find that quite welcoming back during the war? As you was going through these places, was you welcome with open arms then, or um, did it take some time? Yeah, we 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 are quite welcomes. Uh, we we had a fairly warm welcome, mm. even in France. Yeah, we by the French. Like <laughs> when I was awarded the Legion d'honneur. I said, I, I said to the French representative there, I said, I do apologise for all the all the damage we, we we did while we were in France, but I said it wasn't their fault. The Germans didn't want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> so, Reg, on behalf of myself and Steve, thank you very much for allowing us to come well, and sit with you today. I hope it will be of interest. Oh. you and all the folk yeah well we, we've been all ears for the car well i say an hour we, we've already been sat with you over an hour before we started the podcast yeah absolutely fascinating absolutely fascinating and we've documented it now you know not everything but that you know that small little piece of history we've uh managed to document for future generations as well rich yeah, yeah so thank you very much for for allowing us to come and uh listen to your experiences it's been absolutely fascinating, hasn't it, Steve? Absolutely, and it and it's worth worth sort of highlighting the fact that we, as a generation, you know, cannot ever begin to understand what people like you and your mates went through to secure our future, and we should be, and indeed we are, ever so thankful for everything that you guys did. So, on behalf of our listeners and ourselves, thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.